when scoop my chair over some. Learning to use my mic. And I am so that going to be talking well, about. I disagree passionately uh, on this side, and they disagree passionately on this side. We can still be, be friends. Um, if you disagree with me, that has no effect on how much I love your soul. Claiming the gospel. Happiness, comedy, joy, laughing, all gifts from above. So let's make time for that too. We can disagree and love each other. And welcome to Jehovah Has Remembered Podcast. My guest today, I met just about a year before this recording. I was taking a group to a phenomenal missions conference and was looking for more college-age students. By God's will, we were successful in assembling the 14 or so serious and faithful people. We met in a parking lot at a church at around 4 a.m., uh, they were more excited than I ever am at 4 a.m. However, their attitudes were contagious as we headed down the road. My true excitement, however, came later. As I saw them intently listening and discussing the sermons and the statistics of the nations in need of the gospel, I saw young women and men's lives being changed as they came to grips with the most important topics the human beings could ever contemplate. No exaggeration there. As I saw their eyes being opened by the power of the Holy Spirit, as the proclaiming of Scripture and the extreme reality of billions of souls in the world with a utter lack of knowledge of the gospel, I saw in many ways what God had done in my life uh, around their same age, the realization the gospel needs to be taken to all nations. This is what the Bible says. And so we absolutely evangelize here at home, but we also we go to the nations as a continued work in their in their lives we have seen many of them go to dangerous destitute places around the world where there has been for hundreds of years resistance to the gospel um even at that time that i would be making lifelong friends and that God would use the obedience of everyone involved with from the the preachers to the students to the leaders of the groups to ignite a fuel for completing the Great Commission. One such individual is Logan Johnson. He is dedicated to making disciples wherever he is. And I believe that this interview is best summed up in the title. The overwhelming depths of joy in God while proclaiming the gospel to the unreached souls around the world. So sit back, prepare to be challenged, prepare to be excited and encouraged that it is, it is not just one generation that is seeking to be obedient 
but God is working in his people throughout all generations. Ah, who's who's that in the chair there? Oh, hello. Wyatt Slogan. Zach Anderson? It's wow. me. Crazy to see you here. You snuck in on me. I know. I, I was going to tap you on the shoulder, but I didn't want to scare you. Wow. Thank <laughs> you for scaring me. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. I'm just uh, about out of my skin to get to talk to you again. So. Man, it is a blessing to, to talk to you. Um, I was uh, hanging out with a mutual friend of ours recently, and he was telling me just some of the uh, beautiful things that God has done in y'all's group um, in 2020, um, which has been a weird year, to say the least. Yeah. Do you have yeah. Do you have any comments on 2020? <laughs> comments on 2020. Or or just or just things that have happened that have been out of the ordinary. I mean, <laughs> like it, everything has. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Probably the the shining gem among the coal in the year of 2020 was. Just listening to a podcast telling, you know, the listeners to focus on the fact that, you know, we're not here to love the world. Mm. Just, uh, you know, God is the God of the good and the bad. Mm. We see that all through the Bible. So just remember that even when times get tough for us in 2020, that was, that was really uplifting to me. Just good for the rest of the year just to keep my mind on that truth. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that uh, I have gone in in circles of forgetting and then being reminded of this year. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people have that I've talked to um, and, and I've I've had to stay home a lot, but also it's hard for me to stay home too much. Um, so with my immune system and stuff, it's good for me to be at home. Um, but also I've, I've got to get out some. And, uh, when I talk to people, uh, who have been born again, most of them have had additional tragedies to everything else that's going on. Um, and the, I don't know if you, did you read the book, uh, coronavirus and John, uh, coronavirus and Christ by, by John Piper. It's, it's exactly what you're saying. Um, that, and it's exactly what, uh, my friends who have gone through the ringer, um, on top of everything else. You know, and and it's been it's been uh, if last time if this time last year someone had have told me about 2020, I would have thought, oh, that's years away. That's sci-fi movie. You know, that's that's not what uh, never would have thought. Oh, yeah, we're all going to be wearing masks. Yeah, that we don't do that here in the States. Um that's just, but 
the Lord has continued to show his goodness. And for me personally, Romans 8, 28 has been something I've had to cling to. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's just, it's been a rough one. It's been a weird one. Um, but God has, like you said, he's, he's the God of the good and the bad and he's sovereign over it. And I thank God that he wasn't like us surprised. Oh no. Uh, What's going to happen? You know? No, he, he had everything planned out, um, including uh, things like the software we're using right now um, for small groups. Uh, yeah, for Bible study groups. Um, I've been telling people that the creators of all these different uh, online interactive as well as uh, the social media platforms that have been streaming church services. They didn't realize when they were making that technology that it was all for the glory of God. That's the primary purpose. And he knew that. And I just, I get excited about it. Um, Man, that makes me excited. Well, Praise God for um, people who are willing to uh, go to the nations. And that's, uh, you know, Huntsville, Alabama, all, all, uh, all where we live, all the different places in, in the world is the nations. But there's also... A difference between reached nations and unreached nations. Can you uh, speak on that? Kind of yeah. what that what that means. Yeah, I mean, if uh, someone's listening from the United States, they probably know that you know there is a gospel saturated culture. There's pretty a lot of people. Uh, very high percentage knows about, they know the name of Jesus, maybe have gone to church a few times in their life. You know, there's church on every block. It's a very reached culture with the gospel. It's hmm. separated with the gospel. There are cultures out there in the world that don't even know the name of Jesus. They don't, they don't have easy access to biblical material. They don't have a local church group to, uh, to be involved in, and uh, that is what would be termed as an unreached group. Mm. The and and uh, you know, I've I've as I've talked to some people about unreached, and in, in my now old age, um, I've <laughs> I I feel that way. Um, there's been a kind of a pushback a little bit when I talk about unreached people. Um, and it's, well, there's people who are unreached here. What they mean is unsaved. True. Um, and 
the difference, like you were saying, is one, they have access to the gospel because of all the churches. There are gospel, uh, healthy gospel, uh, Bible-saturated local churches, and there's us. Uh, we're here, and so we do we evangelize we proclaim the gospel and the places that you're referring to actual unreached um such as india you know 88 percent of the population uh unreached and you know, over a, a billion people, 2,000 plus people groups, that's a, uh, well over a billion, it's like one, 1.2 billion, um, yeah, maybe there's, you know, a believer or two, maybe there's a couple groups, but maybe that, you know, those numbers of, number of christians there just aren't uh sustainable or you know they need a little bit of outside force to help them and grow them and nurture them you know understanding that would still be an unreached group even even though there are some christians there so uh you mean like that there are christians there but they're not trained to uh say start a church or trained in how to proclaim the gospel, that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe people who are curious for more, but just don't have access to materials. Yeah. Access to people who, who have ability to share with them the story. Gotcha. Um, so, I, I know... Uh, you have done work um, um, among unreached people groups. I would love to hear uh, what that what that was like um, with there not being a local church like we think of it here. Um, you know where we gather and we sing songs, we sit down, we listen to a, a preacher. We go to Sunday school or whatever the order. Um, well, right now, a lot of it's online, but uh, it, it's, it's different there. Um, so I, I, I would love to hear, hear about uh, your experience. Well, there's so much to share, really. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'd love to tell you, Zach, about my opportunity. I got to spend... Uh, last year. So I, I spent about two weeks, um, including travel time. I went to what's termed the Mid-South region of Asia. Okay. To give it a little obscurity. Understood. And, uh, I don't know, there's, there's really so much to say about it. it in two weeks' time, quite a bit happened. Hmm. Transpired. I guess the 10,000 foot view <clears throat> was, uh, you know, 
to try to answer some of the basic questions about who, what, when, where, why. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a group of about uh, 10 to 20 people total, uh, 10 to 20 North Americans who flew into the MSR, the Mid-South region of Asia, and uh, we partnered with local believers there um, from all different sorts of church groups. It was a, uh, it was kind of a, what do you call it, a, an umbrella or a church planting movement. Okay, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily a local church, but people from different local churches coming together. Okay, sure. So people, people from local churches in the area came together, and we all met in this spot. Um, people from the local area and people from North America met in the same spot and spent about 10 days um, doing some training of the local believers mm. and also some evangelism with the local believers. The North Americans um, were kind of... Uh, just a way to get in the door with some people and start a, a conversation. There were a lot of uh, a lot of local believers wanted to talk to a North American just because mm. it's new and different. Um, and uh, there's definitely the fascination with Hollywood and all that sorts of stuff. So, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People would see, see a North American and think, "Oh, wow, Hollywood and famous people and stuff." Like that. Interesting. Um, yeah to interrupt for a second uh when when i went to france uh they were I, I was in a wheelchair coming off of a airplane um and the guy was singing like uh elvis songs and uh sweet home alabama when he found out that uh i had lived in alabama it, it was uh it was interesting um and uh hollywood i i wouldn't have called that one but uh They've got a big uh, film industry in a lot of those areas as well, yeah. um, and so yeah, I can see that. that that's very very interesting. Um, but uh, so you were saying um, that with the local believers, yeah, talking with yeah. them, um, was there a language issue? Did y'all yeah, have interpreted? There was there was a barrier that needed to be overcome. So the what we did was the North Americans that came split into twos and they, each group of two partnered with a, a group of two local believers and mm. then formed a unit and each unit would go into different parts of the town where people lived. And, uh, then, uh, um, these are parts of town that the local believers had already established. Uh, some relationship with some people there so um so uh the local believer would knock on someone's door um or text someone that were on the way and then they would want to hear from a north american wow how exciting right and uh, mm. welcome the north american welcome the unit into their home and sit us in the nice nicest place of honor in their home and while they took a seat on the floor, it was very humbling. Wow. Yeah. But um, uh, try 
when you get out of the details and back to that 10,000 foot view is, um, you know, we would, the North Americans would just facilitate conversation, essentially. There was a language barrier, which is where the local believers would translate uh, the language. And uh, it was, uh, you know, an outreach experience. So while the North Americans opened the door to conversation, the conversation was generally steered towards a conversation about Jesus. Do they know about Jesus? And would you like to know about Jesus? Uh, the majority of the time, yeah, they wanted to know more about Jesus, really. When the and that's when the local believer would really uh, step in and shine and just talk for minutes and minutes and minutes on end while I listen to a language I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was that was the big the big deal. The ten thousand foot view in summary is that North Americans, a uh, group of twenty, you know, mm. partnered with a group of forty local believers to reach people in that local area. The North Americans were were a door and end to conversation and. Uh, the local believers uh, just, uh, you know, talked about the gospel and their relationships that they'd already established with these people. That's it was awesome. Yeah, man, that that's amazing. Um, I I, uh, I I was uh, one of my questions was, which you answered uh, exactly what I was wondering. If there's no local churches, um, and and I feel I feel strongly that uh, the Bible is clear that the local church is the way He's going to complete the Great Commission. And so, if, if there's not established local churches, um, and they definitely don't have to be Westernized local churches, like unfortunately, sometimes uh, we get that in our heads, and we're just like. Okay, we need a band, we need this, we need, and it's really, we need the word, we need people gathering around, we need to sing, we need baptism, you know, the uh, taking of the Lord's Supper, the things that make a church a church, just trim down. Um, but even there, th that they don't have a lot of that. Um, the places that, that you were at, uh, the various places that you were at. And so my question was, how do you partner with the local church? And that's amazing. I, I love that it was a, uh, I, I want to say, a, okay, a strategic move to pull believers in who are native to that area and the, uh, did you say 20? No. Yeah, 20 Americans? Yeah. Okay, 20 Americans brought in and partnered together and, you know, the the ministry, one of the ministries that, that I help with um, is uh, that, that we want to equip and encourage people to engage and evangelize and the engaging is what the americans would do 
You know, people were interested to hear from y'all. That's engaging could be anything from interest in uh, knitting to candle making uh, to, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but even Americans and, and y'all are there to strengthen the church. I love to hear that. Um, because in a lot of places, that's what they need most because they're the ones that stay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad that we didn't just go in as a group of Americans and, you know, evangelize the people through a language barrier and then get out. Mm. But instead it was, we were just a tool and the local believers were doing all the work. They had already built the relationships and they did the sharing of the gospel. And mm. they, um, you know, they were trained uh, by Americans, you know, so that they could further the further their efforts in the Mid-South region of Asia. And then after, if there were any people who did respond to the gospel, they, they already had relationships. They could follow up. So that's the idea of building churches in these new places, this church planning movement. I, I love it. Um, and and th those are the kind of ministries um, where, uh, you know, I, I believe that we want to put our resources to, our time to, um, and our, uh, you know, airplanes to, um, to, to go. Um, we met at a conference in 2019 yeah. uh it was uh january yeah almost two years ago that feels like forever ago <laughs> it's so weird um maybe not for you maybe maybe it feels like 15 years for me i mean for you having to know me but um it, it feels like a long time ago um and I think one of the reasons for that is when you get around believers, um, there's there's just a bond. Um, but at this conference, um, they they were one of the main focuses is how are you going to go, or how are you going to send? And that's that's what a Christian does, uh, one or the other, or both. Um, and every one of us prays, um, can you, can you give me some specific prayer requests from that area? Yeah, let me think for just a moment on that. Um, oh yeah, well, they, the Lord is working in different ways different places, but all for the same purpose, right? It's all for his glory, but uh, the way that um, the way that that looks or the way that people deal with the powers of darkness look different in different places, so there there aren't, you know, demon possession, there's lots of alcoholism in most of the houses that we visited, mm. just lots of uh, um, you know, there might have been some abusive situations. Uh, we saw lots of cripples 
and people with disease. Mm. Um, there was a, a lot of that, but um, also in that same, um, you know, through the darkness, like we talked about, God's like God of the good and the bad. Through the darkness, God also shows himself supreme, sovereign, mm. as benevolent. And uh, he, uh, you know, I think that's one of the ways that God shows himself in unreached cultures is by doing amazing works, what we call miracles, you know, that accompany the words of the gospel. Mm. So there were demons cast out, there were healings. Mm. Uh, but uh, that, that's Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, um, humbling again. Mm. Awesome in the literal sense. Yes. But uh, that's certainly a prayer request that the, the kingdom would be advanced, right? Uh, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done mm. on earth as in heaven. Um, but in that specific region, you can pray for, uh, you know, those things I talked about, like that, you know, he would drive out the kingdom of darkness in his name's sake and, and bring forth the gospel in that region mm. and break those bonds to alcohol and um, just there's a there's a lot there's a heavy presence of darkness there, you know uh from from what i've read on uh some of the places um that 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 you were at um they uh The false, the false religion, is uh, just central to who they are and and w what they do, um, as uh, a as we see in many places. Um, and I, I can, like you said, the Lord works. Period. Um, the Lord does period um, you didn't say that but I'm I'm reiterating the the huge uh, magnitude of of what God is doing through and it it, rem it reminds me of uh, Joseph and uh, Genesis 50. Where he says, uh, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. They meant it. Satan, uh, people, they meant it. That mean they did it for evil. But God did it, meant it, used it. God never sins. Um, God, uh, you know, uh, just to be clear for those listening... God never sins. God is never charged with sin. All he does is perfect and righteous and good. But he uses the unrighteous to bring him glory. And he uses the very things that are uh, soul-crushing to hear about from, from what, what you were uh, saying to actually draw people to the gospel. Um, and, uh, it's no longer soul crushing. 
it's miracles. Yeah. Like you've said. Um, and and that's that's uh just a, a testament to the the way that the Lord is working all around the world. Yeah. Um so you you mentioned that there weren't uh church churches. Um I are there house churches? Yeah, I think that there are both. I think there are church churches, like the group, uh, you know, the 60 of us from North America and the local area, we met in a church building, which I was surprised about. Mm. It was just four walls of cinder block, mm -hmm. but it was a church building. It had crosses mm. and, it, you know, speakers and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and um, and so there are people who gather together. Um, the Amen. area that I went to, uh, you know, while uh, while the government might be closing their hand on some religions, it wasn't fully closed. So people can gather in churches still, hmm. and um, and that's that's something to pray for and, and praise God for. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly the, the church planting movement kind of idea, it starts in home churches where, you know, when we went into someone's home, we'd ask them if they wanted to invite any other neighbors in to, to, mm. to hear some stories or to talk to a North American and ask some questions. Or, yeah. So I could ask them questions. Yeah. And uh, so um, it, uh, forgot where I was going all of a sudden. Oh yeah, home churches as well as church churches. Yeah. Like I think the physical building mm -hmm. really doesn't matter, as we know. You know. Right. But of course I know that believers want to have a building. <laughs> you know, it, it's nice to be established and but uh it's it's even better just to have community like you were talking about earlier. Mm. There's believers together, there's a bond. Amen. And so that's that's what's really important is gathering together and just being worshipful to God and uh, just uh, having having the word and knowing him is really important. Man, yeah. That's that's huge and it you know, uh I, I used to be very uh pessimistic in my, my early early twenties about buildings and uh you know people um you know they they build these skyscraper buildings and while i still think that it is a uh un unwise use of money if they're not doing uh you know um they could plant another church or something um and i was and the, the lord kind of worked did work with me um if we have these buildings use them to the full potential um and the center blocks i i saw uh most of the churches that we went went around to when i was in haiti that that's what what that's what they were dirt floors you know center blocks across um and there was an awesome moment where uh, the guy was, 
there was a guy playing the guitar um and the string broke um and so he started using the guitar as a drum just di didn't miss a beat because he was worshiping yeah and i yeah. feel like in in many churches around the world um it would be like oh no uh stop the service what are we gonna do uh, you know we were we were ruined worship um but there's there's just a a pureness and I, i'm not dogging on any church in particular at all um i'm just saying that me personally i can get caught up in stuff like that um and to hear and uh what they're doing there and uh how you got to help that uh gives me perspective and I, I hope it gives those watching perspective that the what, what logan experienced was a community of people who had been born again and church church walls are, are no church walls Praise God if there is, it's more about gathering in a location, you know, and whether it be house churches or uh, cathedrals, um, praise God for his local church. Um, and, and so uh, be encouraged wherever you are in the world um, that you don't have to have uh, you know, the most high-tech uh, equipment or, uh, you know, the best preacher uh, as far as engaging and things like that or um, one that people brag about, but just as long as they're preaching the word uh, exegetically, um, just verse by verse, faithfully, um and making sure that the meaning of the text is the meaning of their sermon um and that's kind of a tangent there but um i just uh i i hear and cor correct me if i'm wrong I, I hear a camaraderie there among the the people that is centered in christ uh in um uh not not the most uh what's the word i'm looking for uh e easy situations yeah 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 you're saying that you know despite the fact that they're not necessarily as comfortable as americans might be sure absolutely uh in, in our in our physical material way and yeah. also uh bigger than that um any persecution um that that's that's the main main thing that i was thinking of was uh you know that there are countries around the world and places around the world where you become a christian you're no longer part of the family and we were studying in uh, Luke 14, 
the co the cause of discipleship and you know whoever does not hate brother and sister mother and father even his own life cannot be my disciple and so that comparison of of being willing to give up everything um, of course jesus didn't mean to actually hate um, that would go against all of his other teachings but in comparison it should appear to be hate with our love for for christ and for his mission and there's there's times uh that 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 takes place um was was there people that you met that had gone through. I, 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 yeah, yeah, definitely. There were several stories, like uh, <clears throat> among the local believers that we partnered with, where they had experienced something like what you described—the persecution that you described. Where if you become a Christian, you're out of the family. Mm. <laughs> or, one woman that I partnered with. Um, she uh, was married, had two kids, happily living and making her way in the world, and then came to know Christ and became a follower of Jesus. And because of that decision, uh, her husband sent her away from the house and the family. Mm. And uh, which is in her culture, it's just she's the lowest of the low. Uh, no way to climb back up, you know, when your husband uh, casts you out or divorces you, then it's, uh, that's a huge shame. Mm. So she lived and worked in an orphanage after that. Thankfully, she did still have communication with her, her children. But yeah. the point of the matter is, you know, when faced with the decision um, to follow Christ, her husband said, you follow Christ, or you're you can stay with me. Mm -hmm. So she uh, she was uh, she had an encounter with the living God, and mm -hmm. uh, she chose to follow him. Wow. I I think that that might not be as far off from here in the states as we might think um i know that i'm thinking of one friend of mine in particular who uh realized that the type of church that he was going to was uh not biblical and so now there's there's hardship between the family um because the the family was leaders at that church um and i know uh there there's so much of that all around the world and praise jesus that he uses it and we know that that there's there's persecution um and uh in many places uh death penalty um and the bible 
is clear that it it will separate families. And we mourn over that. At the same time, we know that we can be content. And we know that even, even though, like that lady you were talking about, had everything, lost everything, she still had Christ, which to her was more valuable than anything else on the, in the world. Um, and that's the power of Jesus Christ. And, and we see it in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament. Um, it's all through Scripture. Um, the book of Acts it is full of examples um, specifically that I'm thinking of. But uh, so with, with what's all going on over there and fulfill, being a part of, as you have, fulfilling the Great Commission. How can someone uh, like myself, um, who is uh, less than healthy, um, or uh, incapacitated, for whatever reason may be, not, not just about me, but anyone out there watching this, how can they be a part of making disciples of all nations where we're at? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I like uh, what you said earlier about, you know, we live in the nations. Mm. Uh, you know, there's there, there may be a qualification of unreached versus reached parts of the nations that we do live in the nations right and um i think that uh god uh, in the great commission tells us to make disciples of all nations teaching them baptizing them um and just with the promise that god's going to be with us mm. jesus is going to be with us through the end of the age so mm. he leads different people in different ways right and mm -hmm. some people, uh, like myself, he gave me the opportunity, uh, the time and the money, you know, the resources, the support, uh, the prayer backing from yourself and others, many others. And uh, gave me the opportunity to go to the Mid-South region of Asia. Um, but other people aren't necessarily in that position. And, uh, but, you know, God gives people desires, like such as yourself. Maybe you are, uh, you're really, uh, so to speak, nations minded, mm. but if you feel like you can't physically go, mm -hmm. you know, then we got to ask the question, well, why has God given you that desire? Mm. You can't go. That, that seems wrong or mean. Mm -hmm. But you see, the thing is, God is giving you this desire, but he's also giving you just this amazing creative ability you have Zach and just to think up all these ways to um, to encourage the brothers and to uh, facilitate the word getting out there and teaching others about this um, about the importance of uh, the local church and nations uh, in, in, uh, in all the nations um, and so that's 
the Lord, the Holy Spirit is stirring people's hearts, right? And people can go and obey that calling in whatever way that the Lord's putting on their hearts. God has made us creative individuals <laughs> and uh, creative followers of him. So maybe uh, you're making disciples of Americans. Uh, and that's, mm. I think, equally valid is making disciples among uh, people who are in an unreached people group. Um, because the Lord is working. The Holy mm. Spirit is working in those things. Um, and uh, the best thing for every individual to do is to do what God has called him to do. Amen. So, you know, whether that's doing some podcasts or putting together a group of people that, um, you know, is uh, spreading the word and being taught and discipled, uh, or maybe that's going and teaching and discipling overseas, or uh, maybe that just means um, you are, uh, maybe you're not in a teaching role, maybe you're doing a uh, you get to be supporting somebody either financially or especially through prayer. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, give generously to the mission and to other people who God has called to go into these specific places. Mm. So there's, there's all sorts of different ways uh, to obey the great commission. Really. I think the, that you just have to be open to using your resources, whether that is your money or your time or physical ability, mm. whatever it is. I think it's important to lay it down in front of God and say, okay, God, you have given me these things. You have given me creativity. What, what do you want me to do? I feel this burden on my heart. Or maybe I just know that you... Uh, have called me to this thing as it's plainly written in Matthew 28, right? And uh, right. the Lord's going to take care of the rest. Amen, brother. Um, I think you hit every every avenue of how we are called to be disciples. And uh, I appreciate your, your kindness, uh, kind words towards me. Um, but and it is like you said, all of grace. You know, or it's God is working, and we can. No one is sidelined, and you know, I I think back to the Apostle Paul. Um, when when Jesus promised him you're going to go from town to town being arrested and uh, stoned and all, all of these things um, and uh, so many uh, several of his letters in jail you know the uh, the greatest evangelist in the world ever um yeah. God put him in jail where he couldn't go. But what did he do? He ministered to the jailer. Wow, you're right. He he they sang hymns. They wherever you are. And I, I just love the way that you sum that up. 
and appreciate um, you sharing that. It's encouraging to me. Um, I know it's encouraging to others um, who may feel like um, maybe they are, you know, in their 70s and feel like, well, I've done my part. No, there's still much, much to give um, as believers. And maybe they're in their teens and they feel like, well, I have to wait till I grow up. No, you can pray now. You can uh, give your allowance, whatever the case may be, um, and, and find ministries that are working with local churches um, all, all over the world. Um, and there's great organizations um, uh, so that where you can sponsor children, where they get the, the Bible and they get uh, education and food and things like that. Um, there's just, like you said, God gave us creativity just as he's given us um, our boundaries. You know, um, I know you're good at computer mechanics, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so as a computer com- mechanic, how does one uh, use that to reach reach the world? Yeah, that- there's a lot people that aren't, aren't good at that so helping people who aren't good at it is is a way of facilitating the gospel absolutely man and uh i i want to thank you for taking this time um it's it's really been uh an an encouragement to me um as as it always is whenever we see each other and it feels like we we have hung out a lot um but uh i we've we've only seen each other a few times um now 2019 to 2020 um that's really not a lot of time to to hang out but at the same time 2020 has felt like 10 years yeah. <laughs> um and uh so yeah thank you man and i appreciate uh what you're doing um i i pray that god would continue to stir your heart um and and my heart where we should be going and for those christians watching we we need to be looking for ways to make disciples of, of all nations and teaching them to obey all that Christ has commanded us and, and, and baptizing them in there with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And like, like Lo- Logan said, uh, it's just refreshing. The last part of that, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, that's uh, that's what gives people the ability to choose Christ even over their family. Um, and and there there's nothing easy about that, but there's also uh, 
everything worthy for that because if he is who he truly says he is everything is uh on on the altar um and and we are to give all things up for him um so b before i uh go into another sermon um <laughs> uh just want to say thank you logan um i appreciate you um very very much um just your example and what you do here in the states and overseas um uh just and and the way you point to the glory you point the glory to where it belongs to christ alone um wow thank you zach thanks for having me and thanks for this time of encouragement until the next time we get together and it better not be a year from now. <laughs> it better not be, man. You have a, a fantastic night and uh, may God's grace and peace be with you. Uh, Soli Deo Gloria. Hey, back at you, Thank you. We at Jehovah Has Remembered Convictions and Compassion Podcast want to thank you for tuning in. For more information, you can check out our Facebook page, our Instagram podcast, and we hope to continue to do more in the future. We pray that this has been an encouraging and uh, up uplifting podcast.